Welcome to the Triathlon-ish podcast. We have a special collab episode this week. We recorded live with the Feisty crew about the big news announcement that the Ironman World Championships will be split with a women's only race in Kona in 2023 and a separate men's race at a location, TBA, TBA. We have our live reactions. We talked with Sarah Gross, Pro Sarah True, Haley Chera, and Ironman CEO Andrew Messick joined us to answer some of the questions you guys have raised on Triathlon-ish and that we've been hearing from the community. We hope you enjoy this. We'll be back next week with our regular host, Laura Sadal, to discuss everything and to hear from the Women's Tour de France organizer and to talk Ultraman World Championships. Enjoy this special episode. Uh, uh, well, we're live. I was going to tell oh. you a story that wasn't good for live, but guess I won't. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. We are live. Welcome to our very special joint episode of the uh, Iron Women and If We Were Riding podcast. I'm Sarah Gross, the founder of Feisty Media, and I'm here with the amazing Kelly O'Mara, who is a former pro triathlete. Former, you're a lot of former things. A lot of former things. I know. Former editor in chief of Triathlete Magazine. Currently the founder of Triathlonish. How's it going, Kelly? I don't know. I feel like I mean, is there anything happening today? Anything? I don't know. Uh, yeah. A few people had some comments about a few things. I think yeah. what we should really talk about today, Sarah, is doping. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Great idea. Yeah. Great idea. Um, okay. We have thanks for joining us, everyone who's there on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, you can at any time you can comment and we'll be able to see them here on the live stream if you have uh comments or questions uh as we go through. So what we're going to do this evening is a few things. First, we have Andrew Messick, the CEO of Iron Man, joining us to talk about the news that they dropped uh today at noon and what it all means, the all women's Kona the men's race somewhere else that we don't even know yet. Uh, and then after that, we have all of our hosts joining us from the two shows. So we have Sarah True, who is just back from an amazing win at Ironman Arizona and has won two races this year. She's also come second in Kona. We have Alyssa Gadeski, I think. <laughs> she's she's not here yet. We'll hopefully have Alyssa Gadeski, uh, who has been like a longtime supporter of 50 Women to Kona. She's a um, endurance athlete and coach. And we have Haley Chura, who finished 13th this year in Kona, her best result ever. Um, so we're going to hear from all of them and get all the responses and thoughts from everyone. Um, but first, anything else before we start, Kelly? Did I miss anything? No, that's everything, right? I think that's everything. That's everybody and all the things. Okay, so let's talk to Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Welcome. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Kelly. How are you guys? We are uh, good. Yeah, I think we're probably a little less busy than you today. What is is something going on? Yeah. <laughs> How was your day? <laughs> I mean, it's it's good to be able to put this out in the public domain and talk about it a little bit. Um, it's been something that's been percolating within the triathlon community ever since we were all together in Hawaii at the beginning of uh, October. Um, but it's, it's good to be in a position where, you know, the, a, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the planning stuff is behind us and we're in a position where we can really start working with our community to help them get ready for what we think is going to be a pretty amazing 2023. Awesome. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess we should start then with, you know, this has been in the works. Why, why has this been in the works? Why did this happen? Why go this way? You know, what led us here? Well, I, you know, I sat down with, um, with Sarah in, in Kona and, and we had a conversation and you said, are you blaming me? Yeah. This <laughs> no, is Sarah's fault. No, <laughs> but, but Sarah said, are, are we going to have two days of Kona in the future? And I said, it, it depends on the community and mm. if the community is prepared to tolerate it and, and welcome us to, to race twice, um, then we're committed to it. But 
I think the reality is, and for a lot of us you know, who spend a fair amount of time in, in Kona and, and who you know, are you know, at, at least fairly dialed into what's going on in the local community, it, it's clear that the community isn't prepared for us to race two days. And, and it isn't just the Thursday, Saturday, the community isn't prepared for a Saturday, Saturday, the community isn't prepared for one Saturday in October and another Saturday in April. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the community has said we're prepared to have one day of racing on the big Island a year. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we're guests there and we don't have the ability to mandate what the people um, are, are prepared to accept. And so, you know, we spent a lot of time with Mayor Mitch Roth and Doug Adams and lots of folks, you know, at, from the county and from, you know, the communities around Kailua Kona. And it's just clear that, that it, it just, you know, we aren't welcome there for two days. And so that puts us in, you know, it put us in a tight spot. You know, we'd made two promises. Um, we, we promised that women were going to get their own day. And we promised that everybody was going to race in Kona in 2023. And we can't keep both of those promises. We, we wish we could. Um, we wish things were different. But the reality is we had to choose whether we were committed to everybody racing together on one day in, in Kona in 2023, or whether we were going to move forward with what we think is the right answer, which is having a day for men and a day for women. And when you're forced with that choice, um, sometimes you have to get a little bit creative. I think uh, you said this planning has been going on for you know a little while. And I think um, a lot of you know people in the triathlon community are aware of that. One of the big things that uh, wasn't part of the announcement today was the other half of that, like where the men are. Yeah. And I think that's at least making a lot of people anxious right now. Yeah. And, and, and I totally understand that. And, and I wish I could say more, but what I can say and, and what we can say is that, you know, women aren't racing on Thursday, they're racing on Saturday mm-hmm. and men who think they're, or who thought they were racing in Kona in 2023 aren't. Mm-hmm. And for those people who've already qualified, you know, we'll find a way to let them either move to the new 2023 venue or defer into 2024. Uh, but, but we, we can't tell them where, but we can don't make non-refundable airplane and hotel reservations mm-hmm. because we, we know that isn't going to happen. Um, and, and as soon as we're in a position to be able to tell people what is going to happen, we will. But, um, you know, there's still a fair amount of, um, you know, we, I understand it's an incomplete answer and, and I wish it could be different. Mm-hmm. Do you think, you know, I think that there's um, maybe a concern or some concern I've heard about whether the industry is strong enough to support two different races mm-hmm. and two different sides of the world at two different times. So like what's happening sort of behind the scenes, talking to your partners and stuff, are they willing to uh, support the two days, two full days of world championship racing? I think it's going to be, I, my, my short answer is I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to take a while to, to sort of settle down and, you know, it'll be, you know, it's going to be tricky for qualifying for both men and women, women to Kona and men to uh, the, the other venue. Uh, it's going to be a challenge for some of our partners and, you know, folks like, you know, VinFast and Hoka and, and others, you know, or instead of activating once are going to activate twice. Um, but I, I think, that the benefits for an enormous number of athletes for whom racing, you know, getting to Kona and staying in Kona is really quite difficult. And for European athletes, it's a long way away. You know, it's 20 some hours of travel. It's 12 hours of time. And to be able to have a world championship in, in places that are not as remote and not as far away, I think is going to resonate with, with uh, certain segments of our, of our athlete base. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are a lot of people who have been asking for that for a long time, right. In, Mm -hmm. inside, what do you see as in terms of like the long-term vision, what do you think the advantages are to this two day format? Well, I I think that 
we've been really pleased with 70.3 world championships since 2017 and that having men and women race on different days has been a real success. And, and I think it's worked for, um, it's, it's been good for men. It's been good for women. It's allowed us to be able to highlight and, and really showcase our, our professional and age group women in a way that really isn't possible mm-hmm. with a one day race. Um, and I think, you know, our experience with the Thursday, Saturday in Kona, um, I, I think we have a lot of confidence that, that being able to really tell, tell the full story on two different days of two different pools of athletes, two different pro races, um, should be a big step up. And the, the other part that I think is, is going to be really interesting to see what happens is to have a world championship in a place where different kinds of athletes can be successful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kona's hot and it's humid and it's windy. And there's some types of athletes that just don't thrive in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. And, and to be able to have an opportunity to be able to move a world championship around, um, I think is going it, to, it's going to make for, a different type of racing and, and hopefully better racing. And every other year, each gender will be in Kona. So, Mm -hmm. so there's going to be an opportunity for a little bit more diversity. I was about to make a joke about uh, certain people coming back out of retirement. Now that it's not in Kona, but I won't. I'll like let that. <laughs> so you, you, you know, you, you don't need to tell the Marina von Honecker stories, right? <laughs> so then it sounds like this is a long-term plan, like that this is not a one-off for 2023 and 2024, that this is going to keep, that your plan right now is for it to keep going. Look, I, I think that the right answer for Ironman, based on where we stand today, is two days of racing. Mm-hmm. I, I think men and women each having their own day is is the right answer it was the right answer for 70.3 worlds i think it it continues to allow us to be on the front foot and to and to really be pushing to try to be innovative and 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 do things that are a little bit different um and you know who knows what could happen in the future in kona but right now that possibility does not seem viable there, um, which means we're, you know, if, if we're really committed to two days and, and I certainly think it's the right answer, um, you know, it's one day in Kona and one day somewhere else. Sarah, does that answer all your questions? Do you feel all, all my questions all are answered. It's totally fine now. <laughs> no one has anything else to say. I'm sure. No, I've been surprised um, at how many, I mean, even on our social media today, we've heard so many different perspectives, like from so many different places. What's the main feedback that you've got today, Andrew? Well, people, you know, people are, they don't quite know what to make of it, you know, because the Ironman World Championship and Kona have been so interlinked for so many years. It's, It's hard for people to really think about what is an Ironman World Championship that isn't in Kona. Like, what what is that? Uh, and we saw that and we felt that in St. George earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, I think there's people who say the benefits of this and and those benefits to a large extent are, you know, in the ability of, you know, in a, in a world where Ironman continues to grow and we have more and more qualifying races, having two days of racing makes it easier for, age groupers to qualify. And, and over, even over the course of, you know, I've, I've been doing Ironmans. I did my first Ironman at Ironman Canada in 2005. And, you know, back then, you know, there was, you know, a hundred or 110 slots at every race. And I, I, I still wasn't good enough to qualify by the way. Um, but in, in Kono as a race was 17, 1800 athletes. And now we have 40 races around the world, 45 races and lots of races that only have 40 slots. And so it's gotten dramatically harder to qualify for the world championship in the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. And, 
And, you know, we have more athletes from Asia. We have more athletes from Africa. We have more athletes from Latin America. We have more athletes from Eastern Europe. We have more athletes from Scandinavia. We have more athletes from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and part of what this does by having two days of racing is it makes it more, you know, it's more attainable for a really large number of athletes to have a chance to qualify. And, and we worry that in an environment where, you know, we're continuing to grow the sport and we're continuing to grow Ironman, having, you know, making it so that you, you know, especially if you're a woman in many, many, many age groups, you have to win your age group to get a slot. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and there's an awful lot of people who come in second or third in their age group in, in big competitive races. And to be able to, you know, provide an opportunity for the second, third, fourth, fifth place woman to be able to, to qualify for the world championships. I think that's appropriate. And it, it just was never going to be possible in Kona as long as Ironman continues to be a big international uh, competition. And, and so I think that's a really good thing. And, and, um, you know, and, and I don't want that to get lost in the whole question around men versus women or, you know, Kona or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think I've been hearing, obviously, uh, obviously, Andrew, I've uh, looked at all of the people screaming on the internet, but I've also heard a decent number of people who are like, you know, willing to give it a try. I think the biggest concern everyone has is kind of what Sarah said about how are you going to build up both races so they have the full field so or feel so that all the industry people can go to both you know ironman's gonna have to make some can't charge double right for both for vendors in both spots right like we're gonna have to help out the community to make sure that this really works yeah and and look we've got a lot of work to do to to think some of those issues through and and we're only at the very beginning stages of saying, you know, we're going to have a women's race in, in Kona in 2023. What do we want that race to look like? We want it to look awesome. Okay. <laughs> we're going to make it look awesome. Yeah. Well, but, but do, do we still have all of the same side events? Does question. everything stay the same? Does it change? And, and, you know, and, and just looking at, for example, Expo, I think we want Expo to be different in Kona than from the men's race. I think we want a different type, a different blend of, of vendors. Um, you know, I think, I think Kristen Meyer probably is a lot more interested in Kona than the other place. Um, but, but we've got a whole bunch of stuff that we need to think through uh, around how we do that. Um, and, and we want both world championships to feel like world championships. We want them to be extraordinary opportunities uh, and, and extraordinary experiences for athletes, but we can't ignore the fact that, you know, one of them is going to be comprised solely of women and one of them is going to be comprised solely of men. And, and I recognize that the women will bring men and the men will bring women. But at, at the same time, I, I think we've got, I mean, we have some interesting decisions to, uh, to make a brand, like what we want the look and feel of each of those races to, to be. And we're just at the beginning of starting to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I actually feel kind of bad in case Haley and Sarah who are sitting backstage have any questions for Andrew. So why don't we bring them on briefly? And then there's a few questions coming through our live stream, just about the, um, about the qualifying and the slots. Like has anything changed in terms of qualifying? Yes. Um, So one of the things that we're doing starting this weekend um, and we've got, well, we still have three more races in 2022. We've got uh, New Zealand, we've got Western Australia, and, and we have Argentina. Mm-hmm. So starting immediately, we're decoupling men's and, men's and women's slots. You know, Historically, we've had a certain pool of slots. A race will have 40 slots, 50 slots, 60 slots, 70 slots. And so what we're starting to do immediately is there's going to be a certain number of slots for men. There's going to be a certain number of slots for women. And... And the relative size, if there's more starters at a men's race, that doesn't mean that proportionally there's fewer slots for women. And so we announced what those slot allocations are going to be. That was part of what we put out today for all of the races for the remainder of the 2023 qualifying cycle. And when we announce the men's race, we'll also at that point put out the men's slots that will be different and we'll have some races, we'll get more slots, 
because those will be ones that we think are um, more closely linked to the location of the race. But slot allocations will be different. And, and we hope, and I certainly feel it's appropriate that, that having one pool of slots from which both men and women are drawn, which is how we've done it forever, is, is not the right answer for the future. And that we should be able to say that, you know, for any given race, there's going to be a certain number of slots for women. There's going to be a certain number of slots for men because they're qualifying for different races in different places. Interesting. Yeah, I like that, being able to treat them in two different as two different things. Um, mm -hmm. That's really interesting, Haley. Look, you. Look well, like you I was, question. yeah, I was just the pro news. The announcement that came out to the pros today mm -hmm. alluded to a change in the number of slots for pros. Is that is that going to change? Um, I don't think so, but I don't know the answer to that. And so, I, I, I mean, our intention is to have equal numbers of slots for men and women. That's for sure. Um, I think our view is that that ship sailed. And that's fine. And it's about time. I think they uh, said they were freezing the men's Haley for now. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I just, it sounded like there was a, yeah, there's a lot going on. Well, well I, I think what you may be thinking of is that we've had a certain number of men, pro men who've already qualified for the race that up until today was going to take place in Hawaii in October. Now that race isn't going to take place in Hawaii in October, and we're working through how we want to handle those qualified athletes. Do we want to allow them, like our age groupers, to be able to roll those slots into 2024 when we are racing in Kona? Or do we want to switch those athletes to the new, the new venue uh, in 2023 and then have a separate qualifying cycle for our pro athletes um, who are going to be racing in 2024 in Kona on the men's side. Sorry, do you, do you have a rough idea of when you will sort that out for the men? Yeah, our, our intention is to, well, we can't sort it out until we announce the destination. Right. And, and we expect that to be in the second week of January. Okay. Sorry, men. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep trading. You know, <laughs> do your thing. Uh, very important question. Underpants run. Right. It's still going to happen both locations. Well, well you, you tell me. <laughs> you, you tell me whether, whether the underpants run in a women's only race is appropriate or inappropriate. I mean, it'll be fun, but man, it'll get weird real fast if the weird get... guys come out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not... I I've never done it, so don't ask me. Well, there was a weirdo following Sarah around this year, so with a camera. It wasn't one of ours, was it? No. <laughs> Good. No, I mean th th those are those are some interesting things. I, I was thinking about whether whether that's like a, a very good idea or a very bad idea, or whether we I should just duck it all together. Um, just let the women decide. Yeah, we'll just yeah, it'll be fine. I I feel like yeah. Except for you, you bring up a good point. The, there is a potential for some creeps, um, but it, otherwise, it would be a fun, fun. Yeah. Experience. I, I think the traditions in Kona should stay the traditions. Yeah, in Kona. yeah. yeah. And, and I had, and like Kelly said for a minute, there was like Sarah, me, some, some creep. But, but I, there yes. was a creep already this year, even right. when we had a COVID underpants run, just like following our butts running down the road She's like that shit happens already so why not let's keep it for sure oh we See, have people, people in the comments yes. are voting yes yeah, yeah so there yeah. you go underpants run there we've we go. got that one decided so let, let us know what the answer to your your uh, highly scientific poll is <laughs> do you do you need us to sort anything else out for you andrew <laughs> we know you've had a hard had hard a few weeks here no i, I mean i think what what, what we want and, and what we're hopeful for is that, you know, not only women, but men as well feel like, like, I really want to be a part of this. I want to, I want to be there. And, and that, you know, we're, you know, we're making history and I, I think it's going to be awesome. And I think that any, any doubts about whether, you know, the women's pros in particular have the ability to grab and hold the spotlight were put to rest, 
you know, th this year by, you know, the race of, you know, Chelsea and Lucy and everybody else. Um, I mean, it was, it was an extraordinary event and it was an extraordinary competition. And to see as many women in Kona trying to win as, as they did was awesome. And, and I think our hope is in 2023, it's even better. And, and that we're in a position where, you know, we're creating a, an event that both pros and age groupers are going to say, you know, there's no way I'm going to miss it. And, and that we can take another step, you know, in, in Ironman's really sort of proud history of being a place that, um, you know, supports, you know, women and, and, and men for that matter, who are really trying to, you know, make a statement and redefine what's possible and set high goals and achieve them. So we're, we're hopeful and, and we're, I think really anticipating a, an amazing event. How, how have um, TV sponsors responded? Cause obviously mm -hmm. you have partnerships with NBC and now all of a sudden, um, and I'm guessing internationally there there's coverage as well and you have partners with them. Yeah. So, so we were, we were, you know, live on, on Peacock. Mm -hmm. We were live on Facebook. Uh, we were live on ARD in Germany. We were live on the keep TV in France. Uh, all, all of our broadcast partners are super excited and, and are looking forward to two different windows of racing. And, and, and so it's, it's better to have two distinct weekends as opposed to the Thursday, Saturday comp, you know, mix that we, that we had this year. And so I think this will be better and, and we'll have, I think a, a great opportunity to, to be able to have, um, you know, a better broadcast and better, better support from, from our media partners. How, how much is trying to figure out the broadcast window influencing uh, where the men's championship, well, the alternate venue will be and when it, when that's going to take place. Yeah. I mean, in, like, I, like for races that, that last seven or eight hours, it's not as much like a window, a broadcast window is like a broadcast barn door. Um, it's, um, you know, our, our partners in general, especially the streamers have the ability to, to handle us and, and to be able to, to broadcast the race sort of irrespective of, of when it is. I think their ability to put promotional support behind it, um, I think, is a function of where it is. And, and our expectation is that the, the place that, uh, that we announce for the men's race will be one that is very positively received and, um, and, and one that you know, resonates with sort of who we are and where we've been and, and our history and all that. Um, so, so I think that we're going to be really, we'll be in a really good position to be able to, to not just broadcast the events, but, but get promotion and, and turn them into a big story in the markets that, uh, in the markets that, that we really care about. We care about all the markets. That's what made me laugh. So. <laughs> Cool. Okay. So I think we promised to Andrew uh, 10 minutes and we're at 27. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. And maybe we'll pull you back in in a minute if you do stay backstage. Um, if anyone from the peanut gallery has any questions for Andrew, definitely put them in the chat. We see, we do see your questions. Um, I definitely will, will ask questions that um, if they relate to quite a lot of people, um, I will definitely ask those questions. Uh, so let's send Andrew backstage. I want to hear what people really think. <laughs> I feel like Haley, Haley, I feel like you were waiting. I can like just me. See you waiting. <laughs> oh well, I'm I'm super psyched. I think I I don't know. I just think I I love unique races, and I think that the idea of an all women's Kona, like let's see how it goes. I just think that sounds like a cool thing to try. And so I think it definitely got me thinking, I'm like, oh, goodness, I need to um, figure out how I qualify. <laughs> so, so that was my initial reaction. 
Yeah. It was so cool this year, right? Like, I think we all had that sense of like, there were, we had goosebumps, you know, there were tears. We loved watching Chelsea cross the finish line. Like, I think we kind of had that sense that like something really special is happening. And the idea of kind of taking that away was kind of, or like having to go back or take a back step on that was kind of, it was a little bit painful. So I personally prefer the solution although I do know there are problems and I know like Sarah when you and I talked a couple days ago about this you're like well not sure like what were what were your what was your gut reaction Sarah uh okay ultimately this is a business right um and you can't go from the two-day format to the one-day format because because you promised a lot of people spots already and they've already qualified. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can't put that genie back in the bottle. So when Kona says we can only do one day, Mm -hmm. like obviously the only solution is either you move Kona altogether, like world championships is going to go someplace else. You're no longer on the islands or they come up with the solution that I did. Mm -hmm. The problem is so much of the brand's value is caught up in Kona. Um, so you can't, you can't just move world championship. You have to retain some connection to the most iconic, you know, ultra endurance race in the world and that location. So this is the solution. Like it's, you can, you can make it look all pretty. And like, I think there, don't get me wrong. There are absolutely some positives, but this comes down to a financial decision for them. The problem that I see is that a lot of the costs are going to be passed on to industry and mm-hmm. media. So I do have concerns like triathlon media is pretty small. How are they going to be able to fund teams to go cover both races? Mm. How are you going to have the, the marketing budgets for a lot of the endemic sponsors? How can you stretch to for two world championships? So all of a sudden, these companies are going to have to make some really big decisions. Um, and like, there's going to be growing pains, obviously, like four years from now, once this has been established, nobody's going to think of twice about it. Mm-hmm. But I just think over the, there's a lot to figure out. Um, but from a business's decision, it makes total sense for Iron Man. Like, and honestly, people get really caught up in their experience, their race experience. Yeah. Um, you have to remember that, you know, they businesses need to make money mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you kind of have to like that's the way the world works <laughs> yeah i think you know what that's too thing... cynical like no no no, no. That's true. i am excited for you know the women to have their own day racing but you can lean a little heavily into the rah-rah stuff without being like hey listen yeah yeah but there's a i mean there's a cynical way to say this right or a less cynical way to say the same thing sarah which is that like if wait, the sport wait wait kelly's great. doing the less cynical ready? view but it's okay, not but it's I'm, not I'm like ready for this. Okay, <laughs> if the sport is going to like when he was saying we're growing in every market like well the reality is except for european men who are 50 right so mm-hmm. if the sport is going to grow in like every other market in the future which is a money-making choice but it's also like i'm pro that you're pro that like we're we want totally. the sport to grow beyond 50 year old european men if that's the reality, then you cannot be limited to how many women were there the year I did it? 700 women spots. Like you cannot limit yourself to 700 spots for the whole world. Yeah. For all the countries. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not, that's not, that's not, it's not just not going to work out financially. It's like not going to work out for the sport. It's not going to work out because people are going to leave because they're going to be like, well, this fucking sucks. Right. Like that's, so you have to, if you're going to expand beyond a bunch of like American and German men, then like you have to expand like that's and that's not just like a money grab that's also like reality right like yeah i mean i would i would argue that the sport should be more about more than just qualifying for kona well yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's sure. a whole separate conversation sure. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i would like to think that the sport can grow in a lot of different ways for a lot of different groups of people um not just the people yeah, yeah. who want to go to a world championship but so, like, why do you do Ironman instead of Challenge Roth? A swim run, you, right? Instead of a well, swim run, gravel, gravel triathlon. <laughs> why do you right? But you do Ironman instead of the equivalent Iron Distance event because of the Kona spot and because they put on good races and yeah, know, it's it's yeah. it's a very consistent product. Uh, yeah. You know what you're getting. Like there mm-hmm. there will run, yeah. But it's you remove Kona and all of a sudden that carrot that's there for so many people. 
uh, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a world championship. People will always go to world championships, um, but they had to stay on the island in some form. And yeah. this is a good one. This is a good compromise. This is like, this is like weaning the 50 year old men off their Kona addiction. It's like, see guys, it's still <laughs> important, but it's just not as important. We can do other things. See <laughs> and we will see fewer of them in their speedos riding around on Ali. See, there are, there's so many advantages. I mean, (laughs) I, okay, I have a, I have a question. One of the things I saw today a little bit, and I think maybe like Sarah Haley, Kelly, you probably saw more of this, but like, is there any concern amongst the pro women that like actually the industry, the media will not support you or, you know, like, is that, is there, is that a real concern first of all? And is that anything that you've been hearing? Mm -hmm. That wasn't something I thought of um, because I know I'll be there. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, I'll be covering it. No, I'm just kidding. Or like, and we'll be there to far. cover you, Haley. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, who else is there? <laughs> I think what Sarah, true. See, I told you we got to come up with different names, you guys. But what True was saying um, about like media will have to make choices and industry will have to make choices. And you really hope that doesn't come down to a zero sum where they're like, hey, look women are nice to have, but right. Like, and I think like, I think we're going to have to one, look at places where it's worked well um, in other sports, you know, like the women's tour de France this year, women's world cup, like where have they done it successfully? Mm-hmm. And then I think Ironman is going to have to like, I, I'll, like subsidize, right? Like they're going to have to like help out those small businesses to make sure they can, like, you can't be um, buying out the coffee boat, right? Like you can't, you can't be like charging double for like some, you're going to have to like help those brands and maybe pay travel for some of the, you know, smaller outlets. Like you're going to have to do that just to make sure that it works these first few years. And then hopefully it kind of like takes on its own some way. So I think, I think there is some concern for sure. I'm actually, yeah. I'm thinking like that potentially the concern in my mind wouldn't be so much as so much about gender, as about being like everyone will support the race that's in Kona and not the other one, right? Like yeah, no I matter mean, who's there. Like I know it's like hard to believe for you, Sarah, but like the overall world still cares more about men's sports. <laughs> it's weird. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? But things are changing. Like things are changing rapidly, you know. And I think like what we saw this year in Kona and what we saw, like I use that example too of the women's Tour de France, like of the Tour de France Femme, um, because we had like literally half the viewing numbers of the men's event in for like eight days in France, right? And that's like half the viewing numbers is not the same number of views, obviously. But that's the first year, and mm-hmm. it's freaking cycling. You know, like they were still arguing over getting the women, allowing the women to go as far as the men during the race because of their antiquated notions about what women are capable of. So, like, I feel like if cycling can, like, half do it, we can whole do it. Okay. All I know is you're going to get the same broadcast coverage from, you know, the the media partners, um, you know, the live streaming is going to be the same. The TV stuff's going to be the same. The v- expo, I don't know if it's going to feel any different. Racing, it'll probably feel a little different. Um, mm-hmm. But Kona's Kona. And I I don't think it's on the ground. I don't think it's going to feel massively different mm-hmm. other than there won't be men racing. Right. Yeah. And that that will change the energy, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just different. Mm-hmm. But we had that this year in a way. I mean, I guess the men were like in the wings getting preparing. Um, so maybe it's more that in your pre-race rides, you won't have the man going two inches by you, going 350 watts <laughs> of hobby. So I don't know. I mean, I think that was, the race was – the race actually felt – it did not feel that different to me. Um, the actual, I mean, what was different, especially compared to St. George was that when I, or past years when I've done Kona was when you turn around and you come back down Javi, it was just all women. And that was wild. Like that was just the wildest thing. And so that was very different, but I didn't feel any difference like in the vibe and I wasn't like wishing there were some age group men to catch me or, you know, or anything like that. And I wasn't wishing there were pro men ahead that I was catching in the water. Like Mm -hmm. there, you know, there was no, none of that. And that just the coolest thing ever though, was having Chelsea running down the queen K and knowing that helicopter was for her. 
And I think that was just one of the coolest, coolest things that I have experienced in, in the years that I've been there. Yeah. And I know in previous years, you know, it was always so frustrating when the, like when the top 10 women or top 15 women were coming to the finish line, if you were watching the coverage and then it was like the, but the cameras would be go back to the men you know, or would like, or they'd be like interviewing the men who came through. And there was always this like tension between the media being on the men and the women. And it always felt like the men got a little bit more. So I feel it's also like-, like a logistics from the media standpoint, while you're yeah. standing around waiting for the fifth place woman, you're like, well, we might as well interview the ninth place man because we don't have anything to do here. So <laughs> they just there. like, yeah, why not? And so it just like ends up. And then by the time the fifth place woman comes through, you're like, all right, man, I got to go get some food. I'm tired. So it just, it ends up shortchanging them. Which- and to be fair, like that's still kind of happened this year. Like the difference between in the finish line, like when we were, when we we were sitting there waiting for like the top 10, top 15 women, you know, and that people were clearing out, whereas on Saturday that didn't happen. So I well, hope we can see some yeah. Yeah. little changes like that too, you know. Um, so Sharon actually asked a question or, or saying something that I, I was thinking too, like expos at women's races are fantastic. Like that there may be, like I'm, I'm an optimist as you could probably tell, but like, I feel like, and I had this conversation with um, Kebby oh. this year, <laughs> that there might be like some advantages for the women's, uh, like for the women's industry. Like if you have, if you suddenly have 2000 women racing, right? Your, the value of your expo space, if you're a women's brand, for example, suddenly goes up and may, might be worth the money or, you, you know, you know, you're going to get more foot traffic. Well, I, I got the impression from Andrew, that's kind of what Ayn Rand's plan is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if anybody else. No, I got like, that. I just hope, a little, uh, I, where... hope they, uh, don't, I've got, I also got half the impression, Sarah, that they're going to be like, well, women don't buy wheels. They don't care about <laughs> the technology. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's just going to be like tampon booths. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be unfortunate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ben spa day while women are riding. That's what Sharon said. Hilarious. I do think besides, like, obviously, there are many, many, like, I, we do see that people's, like, I've seen questions all day. I know there are many, many logistical questions that people still have. And I know people who have, like, arrangements already, especially the power couples who, like, we're going to do it together or the families, right? Like who are gonna do it together. Like, I know that that's for sure. So, setting all those aside, I think the big thing we haven't talked about yet is the notion to Sarah's point about, there's a lot of concern about like, this is just a money grab. We're just gonna cram 3000 people in each day now, right? Like we're just tr- like gonna over cram the races. They're gonna be too easy to qualify for now. And it's gonna lose all of its mystique. And I think, I mean, I think some of that concerns overblown, but it's a real concern, right? If we just like, add spots and add spots and add spots and they roll down and they roll down and they roll down. Does it still retain? I didn't say it was a money grab. I just said they're a business. <laughs> you are putting words in my mouth, but Kelly. Some people have said. Yeah, I not agree. me. I did not say that. I defend Iron Man for being a business and operating yeah. like one. Yeah, sure. But I think other people maybe it's a it's a concern being raised many places that they're just going to want to add more and more and more spots and it's going to lose the you you want it to be hard right like there's an amount where it should be hard but not impossible but I think do we want more barriers to entry though I mean don't women already have enough Mm -hmm. like do we need to make the barriers higher I just. I mean, in my 13th place finish, I I was not like, oh my gosh, the 700th place finisher really took away my limelight. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that was not a thought that came through my head. And I think, I mean, do you think that about the New York City Marathon? Like when the, do you think it's like too easy to get into it? Um, I mean, even though it's like a lottery, but because there's 30,000 people or Boston Marathon. Boston's do you a think, better equivalent. Right, yeah. I mean, or do you think yeah. like that should be smaller and make it only a 2000 person marathon because it takes away and makes it should be harder? I mean, I think that if I mean, if people want to make it harder, they can. They can go for an age group win. They can go for an age group podium. They can go pro. You know, I think there's always ways to make it harder. And I I don't know if having more people there, does it take away from your experience? I don't think it takes away from your experience. And I certainly am not like overly concerned about how far things are going. I think to Sarah's point about being a business, though, I mean, I think this isn't this isn't just True's point. Many people's point about being a business is that it's a self-declared world championship, right? It's not like a it's not a governing body. It's like a private company is like this is the world. And so it's only the world championship because we all agree that the best people go. And so as long as you're still getting the best people, 
then we're good, right? Like then everyone will still be like, well, this is a worthwhile, but if we aren't getting the best people or they decide not to, that's when it starts to be like, well, is this really a world championship? Mm-hmm. But are you getting the best people? I mean, like, I don't know. Right? If you, like, I mean, as Andrew said, like if it's only the first place woman all the time, then that's um, not right. That's I mean, not. the second place woman at one race, and then maybe she can't afford to go to another race. And so I think I don't think you're always getting the best people right now. No, no. But then, like, I think there's a concern finding a middle, like an in between, getting the <laughs> best ish people who can afford to go to Kona. that is a very large barrier right like how many how many barriers are we gonna yeah take down no i think and like i love that kelly's playing devil's advocate on this one because it's like you know and i've heard her say several times like it's not like they will come and then you build it which seemed to be previously what iron man was saying like as if you have more women if more women join the races we'll give you more slots like if the slots are proportional and that always really felt backwards to me so actually saying like actually the expression as kelly would say is like it's build it and they will come and i do think that like when you give people opportunities that's how depth is created so give women the opportunity to be able to build themselves into world champion athletes by maybe it was a little easier to call qual- going to be a little easier to qualify in 2023 but like i can guarantee you by 2030 it will not be because oh, I, people absolutely. will come yeah. yeah and i think that's the vision right that's where you, you take that long-term view on like okay Maybe, maybe it does feel a little watered down, whatever. Like, it's just if we can all get behind a, a, like a long term vision of what we want for women's triathlon and we want women to be able to qualify for world championships and we want more and we want to have an like an equal platform and equal number of people out there who are performing well, then this is the only way to make it happen. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I think no matter what, there's going to be a transition period and you know, some of the transition is going to be pretty quick and some of it's going to take a little longer. But I do see, like you said, it's it's a longer term vision. And, you know, it, it, if it plays out the way that we all hope it does, it's going to be amazing for the sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. OK, we have we have uh, Andrew in the in the uh, backstage He's saying that back Kelly Kelly is incorrect. <laughs> we are the world championships. <laughs> um, Andrew, do you want to come back on? I didn't know you were still there. <laughs> You're on mute. I'm still there, just listening. No, I mean, but but I, I want to just follow up with what Kelly said. We're, we're a real world championship. We are recognized by the ITU. And we went through a series of, you know, prior to my time, very difficult um, very, a very contentious period mm. with what was then the ITU that ended up in a lawsuit. The resolution of which was that the ITU and by extension, the IOC recognized the Ironman World Championship as a legitimate world championship. 70.3 mm. worlds also. They are legitimate, recognized world championships. Now, typically, the right to host a world championship is, is held by the international federation of that sport. So that would be FIFA for football or FIBA for basketball or world athletics or world triathlon. However, because the Ironman world championship predates the existence of the ITU, there was an Ironman world championship before the ITU existed the Ironman World Championship is recognized as a legitimate world championship, as is 70.3 Worlds. Okay. So it's not just something that like we dreamed up and just grabbed. It's something we fought for in court and have a fully educated settlement with our friends um, at World Triathlon. Wow. Huh. I did not know that. No. I learned that too. Nice. I just learned that <laughs> yeah. too. Haley, did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Oh. No, I'm I'm glad I did though. Thank I you, feel like Andrew. that's a great a great party fact to know. A fact, yeah. <laughs> but people, but people don't represent their countries. This is a whole. We could change everything again, well, guys. <laughs> you have to qualify. No, no, well, well, but but this is part of what sort of makes us unique is that in most in most sports, the international federation determines determines the process by which mm-hmm. athletes qualify for the world championships. 
and and that it is a federation based approach and there's a certain number of like slots i mean and and Sarah would know better than most about how it works in in short course triathlon but if you look at a whole bunch of different sports there's a whole process that's federation driven about who's able to compete in world championships part of what makes us different and unique is that we determine you know at our sole discretion the mechanism by which athletes qualify for for our recognized world championships Okay, I just before we go, Sorry, if anyone I else has, I can't help myself sometimes. <laughs> no, I was like, I didn't know that. <laughs> that was actually very informative. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I before we go, if anyone has any um, remaining comments, we definitely want to hear them. But I have to ask this one: Is how bad is the volcano eruption? Does anyone oh, know? Yeah. I mean, is Kona oh, going to exist? Or are we all going to be like, take us? It's to a Europe okay. I actually. Guys, I actually do know the people who just left from Ultraman World Champs, and mm -hmm. it's more on the Hilo side. Kona is more okay. So there you go. Mount Aloha yeah, my... is, a, is a super active volcano, and historically it's erupted, you know, from like 1850 to 1950, it, it erupted like every three years. Uh, and it has been through a relatively quiet period recently. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think I talked to Diana yesterday, and, and I think the expectation is that among most of the, what are they called? Seismologists. Um, that's the eruption is going to last a few weeks and then should settle down. Cool. We, so should, we should be okay for October. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a relief. At least, we'll, at least we'll have a Kona. So that's good. Um, did anyone else have any like things on their minds or that we didn't address? I, I, I was taking careful notes for everything that you guys good. said earlier. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Well, I just want to say thank you to everyone so much. Thank you, Andrew, for being here. Thanks, Kelly, Sarah, Haley, for sharing your thoughts. Uh, this has been really fun. And I hope everyone at home has enjoyed it as well. Thank you for all your questions and comments as well. And for those listening on the Iron Women and if you're riding feed. Um, oh, should we let Sarah do her sign off? This is our normal time. Sarah and I normally record at this time. That's why we chose it every Wednesday. Sarah, would you like to do the sign off as our tradition, as per our tradition? You did not let me prepare for this. <laughs> oh, geez. All I'll say is thanks for tuning in for our live reaction show. We think it's going to be positive. Everybody needs to just stop being such negative Nancys. Get on board. Racing's awesome. And since I haven't taken a shower since Iron Man in Arizona, I'm going to go do that. 